You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Now, he's speaking graphically, not literally, though. He's not obviously talking about taking your eye out and cutting off your hand, literally. But he's saying, look, you better be serious about this thing. If you're not serious about it, then you won't be free of it. If you knew that there was some disease, cancer, whatever, on this right hand, and the doctor says, well, your body can be saved, your life can be saved, but you're going to lose your hand. I'd be willing to lose my hand. As much as I'd hate that, I'd be willing to lose it. And I think you would too. When it comes to sin, the Bible is very clear that we're to do everything and anything to remove it from our lives as believers. Perhaps the more graphic of illustrations is none other than plucking out the eye or removing the hand that causes sin. In today's message, Pastor Danny will teach you that while these extremes are definitely illustrations, we're to take sin seriously. In his study, you'll learn that to grow in our faith and maturity as believers, we're to lay aside the sin that so easily besets us. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 for today's edition of The Living Word. So chapter 12, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Perseverance. In light of that opening statement, and we got several verses we're going to look at, but let me just turn over quickly to James chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to what it says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all those that have gone on before, uh, those characters in history who have responded to God in faith and persevered, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run, run. The Apostle Paul loved comparing uh, the Christian life to a race. He did it in Galatians 5. He did it in Philippians 3. He did it near the end of his Christian life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where he said this, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. But one of my favorites, before we go right back to Hebrews 12, is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen to what he says here, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. That's a good kind of competitiveness. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No shadow boxing here. No, I beat my body, make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. So run to win. I like the way one preacher said, it's running for your life in a positive way. Run to win. And if you're going to run to win, 
opening statement, get rid of anything that hinders, anything that hinders. Now, something that hinders in and of itself is not sin, but it becomes sin, if you will, and a hindrance because it weighs you down. It holds you back. Uh, You could become successful in life and you have money now. And just those riches become a hindrance, a hindrance. And sometimes your hindrance is not my hindrance, and my hindrance is not your hindrance. It's the same way on the second thing. If you're going to run to win, not only get rid of the things that hinder, but the sin that so easily entangles. And the sin that so easily entangles you might not have been the sin that so easily entangles me. For example, and understand what I mean. Thank God I've never gotten into pornography. And it's ruining lives today, especially men. Ruining lives. It's never gotten me, and by God's grace, it never will. I've just never gone there. I've never been seduced in that way. But it's destroying so many lives. Get rid of what hinders and the sin that so easily entangles you. Jesus said in Matthew 18, if your right eye offends you, plug it out. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Now, he's speaking graphically, not literally, though. He's not obviously talking about taking your eye out and cutting off your hand, literally. But he's saying, look, you better be serious about this thing. If you're not serious about it, then you won't be free of it. If you knew that there was some disease, cancer, whatever, on this right hand, and the doctor said, well, your body can be saved, your life can be saved, but you're going to lose your hand. I'd be willing to lose my hand. As much as I'd hate that, I'd be willing to lose it. And I think you would too. Hindrances, sinful entanglements, and run with perseverance. Endurance is a quality that every distance runner must develop. And let me remind us, Christian life is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. I ran track in middle school, I ran track in high school, and I ran track my first year at Liberty University. And every year, every year, from middle school on, every year, I'll never forget, about the first two weeks of track practice in the season, I would throw up pretty much every day at some point in practice because it was grueling. It was grueling. And every time I remember, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit. Thank God I didn't quit. And after a couple of weeks of, quite bluntly, just giving it up every day, uh, I just stuck in there, you know, and hung in there and continued to train. And after a couple of weeks, that didn't happen anymore. And you got in shape. And you were able to run and run to win. Run to win. Persevere. Then verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, so you won't quit when you throw up. In sports, listen, if you're going to be anything as an athlete, you have to be focused, focused. Anybody play baseball growing up? Some of you still playing baseball now. Some of you young people probably play on a local team, high school or whatever. And here's the one thing you're going to hear a coach say. When you're batting, here's the one thing. It's so foundational, but keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. You're playing shortstop. 
And then all of a sudden, one of these days, you know, the thing, the ball comes up and misses your glove and socks you right in the nose. You know what happens next time? You start to think about that ball coming up and hitting you in the nose again. You turn away and the coach comes out. Say, hey, keep your eye on the ball. You're going to really make it and you're going to really win games. You're going to be the athlete. You should be. You got to keep your eye on the ball. You're playing football and you're a receiver. I was a receiver. And I'll never forget, sometimes these teams, especially when they got, man, they got good linebackers and good defensive backs, and you know they do, and here the ball's coming to you, and you got to watch the ball, but you hear footsteps. <laughs> and you're tempted, and I've done it before, to look over and see how close that dude is that's wanting to clean my clock. And if you look over at the guy that's coming at you, you're probably not going to catch the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Golf. What you got to do? One of the most difficult things to do in golf. Keep your head down. Keep your head down. That's one of the hardest things to do. Thank God I don't have to do it anymore. I don't play golf anymore. I've been delivered. <laughs> I know some of your golfers and you're good at it. God bless you. I become a free will Baptist on the back nine. I lose my salvation at some point. Been delivered from golf. You know, one thing a runner is never to do, never to do is look back. Philippians 3, when Paul again compares the Christian life to a race, he says, There's one thing I do, straining toward what is ahead and forgetting what is behind. I forget about what's behind. One thing a runner is never to do if he's going to win real races consistently, you don't look back. You don't look back. August 7th, 1954. British Empire Games, Vancouver, Canada. One of the greatest mile run matchups ever took place. It was touted as the miracle mile because Roger Bannister and John Landy were the only two sub four minute milers in the world at that time. Bannister had been the first man ever to run the mile in four minutes. Both runners were in peak condition. Landy had a substantial lead for much of the race. Bannister's plan was to relax during the third lap and save everything for the finishing drive. But in the third lap, Landy poured it on, stretching his already substantial lead. Bannister had to change his strategy and increase his pace. At the bell for the final lap, the runners were dead even. At the home stretch, the crowd roared. Landy was once again in the lead, but could not hear Bannister's footfall. So he, you guessed it, he looked back. And that's when Bannister made his move. And Roger Bannister won the Miracle Mile that day by 15 feet. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. 
If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.